Dr. Jackson. Dr. Jackson is uh, uh, known to us through Sharonda and Carla. Uh, Dr. Jackson uh, married them in Ypsilanti at the First Congregational Church. Dr. Jackson now serves in Imlay City at the First Congregational. You like First Congregational churches. Uh, and is also the uh, regional minister for the Michigan Conference of the United Churches of Christ. So she helps churches in transition, churches looking for new pastors. If there's problems in, in local churches, she comes in and solves the problems. So um, <laughs> let's give it up for Dr. Jackson. Good morning. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Does that sound familiar? And Ken, I feel your exuberance when you have your family with you. Yes, yes. Family, you want him to feel like this more often. So it's as much as you can be around be around amen that's right listen to the preacher amen amen i'm so joyful to be here with you again today and i look forward to all that the lord will show us today so would you go along and prepare your heart and mind for whatever the lord has and i'd like to start with this passage from the book of isaiah that is I slightly modified. Let us open our ears and our hearts to hear from the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, who dwells in the high and holy place and with those who are contrite and humble in spirit. God revives the spirit of the humble and the heart of the contrite. Amen. So today, the message is tested to become diamonds. Tested to become diamonds. And those of you who I did not mention, my husband is sitting back here. He likes to sit in the back uh, so he can keep an eye out, you know. Uh, so that's my husband, Dennis. He is my faithful partner in life and a very excellent chauffeur, by the way. So please give him some love after the service is over. The Gospel of Matthew informs its readers that the Christ child's entry into the world would be encompassed by angelic visitations, by rumor and innuendo, prophecy and deceit, songs of goodwill and peace to all people, foreigners would be bearing gifts, but there's also the ruthless murder of innocent children. And there is the escape of the blessed family to a place of refuge in the land of their ancestral enemy. It is in such an unexpected place that life settles down, as far as we know, and Jesus matures into adulthood. His identity is confirmed at his baptiz baptism by his cousin John, 
when the Holy Spirit descends upon him and God declares him God's beloved son. We consider all that has happened and dare to breathe a sigh of relief that all of the drama of Jesus' life thus far would wane and that sense of normalcy would ensue. Now you heard the reading for this morning and we find that it, that is not the case. <laughs> After his baptism, Jesus is led, even driven or compelled by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil or also known as the adversary. Jesus was subjected to a time of trial to prepare him for the call that he was born to fulfill. The fulfillment of his ministry would subject him to intense pressures. He would have to endure the heat of the anger of the religious leaders and bear the weight of misunderstanding, disbelief, and betrayal by those closest to him. The time in the trial, the time of trial in the wilderness would serve to fortify his human will with a diamond-like strength capable of withstanding everything the world would heap upon him. Now, as we know, diamonds are incredibly strong. Naturally occurring diamonds are crystals of pure carbon that form under crushing pressure, pressures and intense heat, about 2,200 degrees Fahrenheit. They are created 150 kilometers, which is almost 493,000 feet beneath the earth, and even deeper under the ocean where they require depths of at least 200 kilometers or over 656,000 feet. Now I want you to listen to this next part. The making of diamonds is a hidden activity whose product is only revealed through powerful forces that propel the diamonds to the surface. Diamonds result from the combination of high temperature and high pressure. Diamonds are, the making of diamonds is a hidden activity whose product is only revealed through powerful forces that propel the diamonds to the surface. Diamonds result from the combination of high temperature and high pressure. You didn't, you didn't get it. You didn't shout. You're supposed to say, oh, yes, hallelujah. <laughs> Each of us can shout with joy at this fact because it puts into perspective the difficult times that we endure in life. When life circumstances seem debilitating, we may be tempted to view them from solely a negative perspective. We can choose to say life is unfair. Why me? Or God has abandoned me. And this prayer thing just does not work. 
or we can feel that we can't go on anymore or that our load is too much to bear. I heard some uh uh-huh's. On the other hand, we could choose to accept that we don't understand why we are going through whatever we're going through and still decide to trust God to be with us as we face hardship. We could choose to ruminate on the fact that diamonds form under crushing pressures and intense heat. We could choose to bear in mind that the making of diamonds is a hidden activity whose product is only revealed through powerful forces that propel the diamonds to the surface. Oh yeah, I'm getting good now. I'm I'm feeling it right now. Instead of belittling ourselves for having contributed to our present circumstances, anybody ever do that? By doing or failing to do what we should have done, we can own our truth and view ourselves as diamonds in the rough. We can choose to view our trials as processes that God uses to form us into diamonds that will not succumb to the forces around us. Hallelujah. With God's steady hand, we will be sanded and buffed to reflect the brilliance of God's love as shown to us in Jesus Christ. Oh, yes, yes. So, my friends, whatever you may be going through, trust that God is able to use the situation, not cause it, but use it to strengthen you, to refine your character, and empower you to fulfill your mission and purpose in this world. The Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 5 says, not only do we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Reverend Timothy Beach Verhey reflects that each of the tests that Jesus experienced revolved around whether the kingdom of heaven is welcomed for God's sake or for the sake of something else. The kingdom of God, he says, is realized in those who, like Jesus, orient their lives toward God and not around the things that God provides, end quote. Another way of saying that is uh, from uh, singer Natalie Grant who conveys this beautifully in her song, More Than Anything, where she sings, help me want the healer more than the healing. 
Help me want the savior more than the saving. Help me want the giver more than the giving. Help me want Jesus more than anything. Amen. Amen. Through his temptations, Jesus shows us that it is when our lives are difficult that we choose who we will be. This is true both for individuals and congregations. At the church that I serve, we are embarking on a wilderness journey wherein we will make some decisions about, or face rather, some decisions about who we will be. For example, how will we spend our money when our resources are scarce? Will we continue to support mission? How will we handle disagreements? Will we be an example to the world by responding with love? Will our discussions be based on surface reactions and suppositions? I know y'all don't do that here, you know, I'm just talking about my church, right? Or, or will we delve into the depths of our hearts and longings for God and allow the Holy Spirit to shape us as God desires? You know, it's been said that you don't know what kind of tea bag, what kind of tea you are until you put in hot water. Thing is good. I can praise God, lift up holy hands, hallelujah. But when things are not so good, when the earth is falling apart underneath me, when I wish that the earth would fall and open and I could just fall through, when my heart has been crushed and broken because of loss, because of betrayal, because of whatever, how then? Do I stand up in my faith and say, I'm still going to trust God? How is it that when I'm in that hot water that I can still be faithful and praise? What kind of tea am I? What kind of Christian am I? As individuals and as faith communities, we are tested to become diamonds. We may be challenged or tempted to keep looking in the rearview mirror, recalling the past that is behind us, rather than focusing on the path in front of us. You may recall some conversations where people recall the best days of their church with a sense of pride that came from being the church where the prominent members of the community worshipped and made the church an important part of the community. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Many in our nation will gather tomorrow to observe Memorial Day, to celebrate and honor those who have given their lives and their families and to our nation through military service. And I also think of those who were at the forefront of the civil rights movement and those who are calling for our country to be its best today for women, for the poor, for the children. So yes, it is a good thing to give honor 
where honor is due. And wouldn't it just be lovely if we could say that, yes, they are a part of my church. Yes, I know them. Yes. But let me caution you just a little. I'd like to share with you a little bit from the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s last sermon, which is entitled, The Drum Major Instinct. And he preached, in part, that there is deep down within all of us an instinct. It's a kind of drum major instinct, a desire to be out front, a desire to lead the parade, a desire to be first. And it is something that runs the whole gamut of life. He said, there comes a time that the drum major instinct can become destructive if this instinct is not harnessed. It becomes a very dangerous, pernicious instinct. For instance, if it isn't harnessed, it causes one's personality to become distorted. If it isn't harnessed, you will end up day in and day out trying to deal with your ego problem by boasting. Have you ever heard people that, you know, and I'm sure you've met them, he said, that really become sickening because they just sit up all the time talking about themselves? I'm not looking at anybody. <laughs> That's the person who has not harnessed the drum major instinct. When you don't harness the drum major instinct, this uncontrolled aspect of it leads to snob activism. And this is still Dr. King, don't blame me. He says, and you know that it can happen with the church. I know churches get in that bind sometimes. I've been to churches, you know, and they say we have so many doctors and so many school teachers and so many lawyers and so many businessmen in our church. And that's fine because doctors do need to go to church. <laughs> and, and lawyers and businessmen and teachers, they ought to be in church. But they say that even the preachers sometimes will go all through that. They say that as if the other people don't count. And the church is the one place where a doctor ought to forget that he or she is a doctor. The church is the one place where a PhD ought to forget that he or she is a PhD. The church is the one place that the school teacher ought to forget the degree she has behind her name. The church is the one place where the lawyer ought to forget that he is a lawyer. And any church that violates the whosoever will let him come doctrine is a dead cold church and nothing but a little social club with a thin veneer of religiosity. <laughs> Dr. King still went on to say, when the church is true to its nature, it says whosoever will, let him come. <laughs> 
and it does not suppose to satisfy the perverted uses of the drum major instinct. It's the one place where everybody should be the same, standing before a common master and savior, and a recognition grows out of this that all men are brothers, all women are sisters, because they are children of a common father." End quote. Dr. King asserted that the great task of life is essentially to transform our ego by redirecting our desires away from selfish competitive goals and towards our spiritual growth and service to others. Perhaps this is what the process of diamond formation accomplishes and why the Holy Spirit will lead or drive us into the wilderness to press and purge us of that which detracts from our purpose and mission to transform women and men into disciples of diamond-like beauty and endurance prepared to meet the world's need. Mm. I believe that the church, capital C, as we have known it, is undergoing a diamond-forming process. The pressures of the life in the 21st century push against the last 500 years of tradition. Competing secular demands push against Sunday morning church attendance, midweek prayer or Bible study, and volunteering for church committees. Increasing economic gaps between the 1% and everybody else frequently result in reduced church offerings and tithes. These challenges are enough for even the faithful to be tempted to give in to despair. But, hallelujah, but God, right? If we keep in mind that the making of diamonds is a hidden activity whose product is only revealed through the powerful forces that propel the diamonds to the surface and that diamonds result from the combination of high temperature and high pressure, then we will discern the activity of the Holy Spirit at work in the world and in the church church, big C. Amen. The churches, little c, that seek to orient their lives toward God and not around the things God provides will be the diamonds propelled to the surface. The followers of Christ who yearn for the healer more than the healing. The followers of Christ who long for the blesser more than the blessing. The followers of Christ who are determined to serve more than be served. The followers of Christ who enthusiastically give more than they receive. The followers of Christ who are doers of the word and not just hearers only. They are are the diamonds the Holy Spirit will propel to the surface to God's glory and honor. Amen. Amen. 
Dr. King said the drum major instinct is a good instinct if it isn't distorted. He went on to say to encourage his congregation as I encourage you today saying, don't give it up. Keep feeling the need for being important. Keep feeling the need for being first. But I want you to be first in love. I want you to be first in moral excellence. I want you to be first in generosity. If you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. <laughs> if you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that he or she who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's a new definition of greatness. So as I close, my prayer is that we all aim to be truly great so our lives may be a blessing on the world. Let us aim to be effective tools in the hands of our justice-making God who desires to sand and buff us to reflect the brilliance of God's love as shown to us in Jesus Christ. Open your hearts and pray in spirit with me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us. Impart your wisdom into the hearts and minds of each person here so that we will each know what it is that is expected and required of us as members of Christ's body. Reveal to each of us what we need to sacrifice, to whom we need to show greater love, how to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Show us how to glorify you Almighty God, in our acts of grace, kindness, and peace. Teach us how to do the works that Jesus did, to heal those who are sick in spirit, to sow seeds of justice when opportunities present themselves to us, to love those whom we may have neglected, to see the world through the eyes of those whom we casually pass by. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon us. Drench us with your oil of compassion. Have your way in our lives that we may be your witnesses to the glory of your holy name. Remind us that you have sanctified us for the holy purpose of revealing your continued presence in the world through our actions, through our prayers, and through our love for one another and your creation. All praise belongs to you. In the presence of the great cloud of witnesses and in the name of the Christ who dwells among us, we pray. And together, God's people say, Amen. 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 God bless you.